0: Hello, world. Welcome back for another ISSA podcast, Trainers Talking Truths. It's your co-host, Jenny Scott, here with my favorite co-host, Dan, the man, Duran. How are you, Dan?
1: I am good. I've got this visual right now, Jenny, with, I love busting this. And I've got this visual of of a chunk of concrete on the ground in front of me. And I've got a great big sledgehammer in my hand. And I'm just swinging that sucker with everything I have crushing it. So we are here crushing this today. Nice. I was thinking
0: more Ghostbusters. Who are you gonna call? Oh, don't cross <laughs> yeah. the race, Jenny. <laughs> <laughs> Either that, or do you remember the show Mythbusters? Yes, I loved it. Guys, I used a I, that was like my dream job. Like you get to go blow stuff up and like try oh, stuff to see if it works. <laughs>
1: absolutely, what little boy uh, wouldn't love to blow things up and see what made them work? So mm-hmm. absolutely.
0: Yeah. That's awesome. Yes. So today we are myth busting some weight loss myths, or at least things that people like to say. Let's just put it that way. Um, So let's see if we can get to the bottom of some of these and kind of help give people a little bit more clarity, or at least talking points, because a lot of these things that we're going to talk about today, Dan, are things that Clients will absolutely say to people, whether you're a nutrition coach, whether you're a personal trainer, whether you specialize in something, like you're going to hear a lot of these questions if you haven't already. And we have to know how to address them without being just like, nope, you're dumb, that's stupid, right? Because that's not always the case. Sometimes we just need to educate them and, you know, teach them a little bit about it. Or more importantly, ask more questions, right? Find out what they know about it, find out where you learned that. Um, and let's kind of dig to the bottom of why you think this is going to work for you, right? Yeah. I love to ask questions.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's that's the best way to answer a question, right, is with a question so you can provide uh,
0: clear feedback. Absolutely. So let's dive into the first one here. All right, Dan, you have to quit all of your bad habits and start completely new to have success.
1: Oh, is this true? Okay, so I I didn't Google it, and I'm not a statistician. But I do know the majority of quote unquote diets fail and they fail quickly. And I would submit to you that it's because of this mindset or this, this uh, methodology of starting Monday. And I'm, I'm going to tell you right now, I'm guilty of it. I just did it a few weeks ago, but when I change things, it's not extreme. Uh, it's more like cutting out the, the extra power bars at night for me. But starting Monday, starting Monday. Yeah. and everything gets turned upside down i give up all protein or i do some kind of a cleanse or i give up all grains and sugars and meats which is one that i you know was a part of years ago and it's just not sustainable it's it's shock you don't need to do it it, it messes with adherence uh no and not only do, do you not have to quit all your bad habits in one day, I would highly suggest that you don't do that and make it behavior and habit change with little baby steps. That's that's going to be my feedback. And, and, and before we keep going on this, I also want to kind of qualify. We're going to be talking today. The title is Weight Loss. So Jenny and I are going to be going back and forth with the weight loss versus fat loss because... With some of these questions, that's quite relevant, and they're mm-hmm. not the same. And yeah. so uh, I'll, I'll preface it with that. But what do you think, Jenny, starting Monday?
0: Well, the thing is, first of all, once you ask somebody, do you have to quit all your bad habits to start completely new to see success? The short answer, or my first response would be, when did we start assigning morality to habits? Why is it a bad habit? Air quotes, bad right? Good habit. You're bad. It's, You're bad. Right? it's just a habit. It's a habit, whatever it is. Like if you consume soda, if you like to eat at night, right? If you like to snack on Cheetos, like good for you. I love a good Cheeto on a road trip. Um, but it's, when did it become bad? It's just a habit that you have. Okay. Now the question is, and this is my trainer vein I'm switching on. Um, the question is, does that habit support your goals or does it not support your goals? That's the real question right? There's no morality associated with it. Um, Does it support my goals or does it not? If it doesn't, maybe reevaluate it. If it does, awesome. Do more of it. Make sense? So that's my first thing. Um, And whether it's quitting all of your bad habits or your quote, quote, bad habits um, to start completely new, no. Pick one or two things that you know you can work on and focus on doing that consistently. Once you get those two things down consistently, then pick two more things to work on that you'd like to change that more effectively support your habits. And that could take a week. It could take, what do they say? It takes three weeks to form a good habit, right? Three weeks. So you have to wait at least three weeks, sometimes longer for some people, sometimes less, right? Everybody's different, but you have to wait a little bit of time working on those things, make sure that you are doing them consistently and they have become a new habit, right? Not good or bad, just a new habit. And then you can focus on changing something else. That's how you make sustainable habit change. And that's how we make lifestyle changes that are sustainable. Um, so you're using all these bud word, buzzwords, right? Habit, sustainable, lifestyle. Um, it has to be sustainable and you have to do it slowly, gradually and choose one thing at a time for Pete's sake. Like don't change it all at once. That's called baby an steps. <laughs> baby steps, baby
1: steps. Remember it's, it's behavior change, it's habit. It's habit change, it it's,
0: takes time. Yeah. I mean, you didn't form your behaviors overnight. No. <laughs> You're not going to go away overnight. No. <laughs> just like just like weight loss. Oh, my gosh. Or fat <laughs> loss, even. You didn't gain all that fat in a week. It's not going to go away in a week. Right? Quit watching reruns of Biggest Loser, by the way. I know. That Be realistic. Sick. Oh, you should look up the where are they nows for oh, Biggest my Loser. Gosh. Very few of them, you guys, have actually maintained that weight loss. Uh,
1: that did more Don't damage. Explain. To our industry and i was training in the in the clubs when that show was on and i can't tell you how many people came up when i was interviewing them to, to become a client and they wanted those results so i was like oh my gosh you guys are killing me yeah you're killing me smalls what are you talking about yeah speaking so, of not a thing speaking of here's myth number two for you jenny Thin
0: equals healthy and fit well if that's the case i am not healthy and fit <laughs> <laughs> not, I've never been thin in my life nobody's ever walked up to me and being like oh my gosh you're so skinny right? thin, thin, first of all thin means different things that's sub- like it's subjective it means different things to different people because there is such thing as skinny fat we've all heard that right where you're yeah. as can be i would i'd rather call somebody petite right you're petite not tiny you're not thin because i'm also very tall i'm six feet tall and for a girl and i'm not a small girl um when somebody comes up to me and says oh you're really big ew uh, i am not big <laughs> I am tall. There is a difference. Big, tall. See how the words are different? I hate that. So I'm very conscious. And it's because I've said, hey, oh my gosh, you're so tiny to like one or two people and they've gotten upset about it. Cause they have the same complex I do about being tall, right? It's weird um, when people like point it out, I get it. I woke up like this. I went to bed like this yesterday. Like I get it, <laughs> right? But thin is again, subjective and it has nothing to do with being healthy or fit. You can have a lot of muscle. You can be a little bit bigger and still be really healthy. Move well, eat well, be able to do all the things that you need to do, support your activity. You can be an athlete. Some of the best athletes I've ever seen are a little bit bigger. Does it make sense for an athlete to have? So talking about athletes here, Does it make sense for an athlete to carry a bunch of excess body weight? No. So having a bunch of body fat for an athlete is not necessarily uh, like effective or or like beneficial. I'll put it that way. Um, So that's why a lot of athletes, not all, a lot of athletes, some not all, um, will be more lean. Okay. But they also burn a ton of calories when you're training for a sport and practicing your sport and eating healthy like an athlete right? So their lifestyle is different. That's the key. Um, But you can be whatever size, shape you would like to be and still be healthy, fit, be able to move well, right? And be able to support all the activities that you do. Would you agree with that, Dan?
1: 100%, 100%. It makes me think of the, there was a trend for a while and I can't remember what decade it was when models and what was associated as beauty. Exactly. I was just going to say. Yeah, that was what, the 70s? Yeah, it was early on. It was it was in my lifespan. I'll tell you that. And Bye-bye. there was this thought that the thinner you were or skinnier you were, the better you looked. And we've got to separate, you know, beauty or whatever you want to call it, attractiveness from health first of all, because uh, like like Jenny said, a lot of athletes are bigger athletes, and also you know that's a societal thing where we're assigning, this is what's attractive, or this is what men and women should aspire to be. Because that's a perfect example of aspiring to be basically unhealthy. And, and mm-hmm. the second thing I'll mention to your point, Jenny, is I have a mentor and a good friend of mine. Uh, he and four other people, men and women, just did what he created last year called the Transam Tri. So it's Trans America Triathlon. So they swam, I don't know, 20, 30 miles in the uh, Atlantic Ocean. Then they biked almost across the U.S. and they ran across a couple states that and finished terrible. in the Pacific Ocean. <laughs> and I would say they're pretty dang healthy and fit. Yeah. Not a one of them is thin, skinny, not even lean. So I don't know. Yeah. You, you try that.
0: <laughs> no, I look at I'm, and that's because I think it's the athlete in me and I work mostly largely with sports performance and athletes of all ages. Um, But to me, it's about performance. Can you perform the duties that you're trying to do, whatever that is, for your sport, for whatever you do on a daily basis, and can you do it well, right? And if there's room to improve what you do, then let's improve that. But your body composition and like your size or your weight, most athletes are considered obese if you look at their BMI, which is why BMI is, body mass index is not a valid way to look at somebody's health. Um, it's a great way to be a predictive factor for things like cardiovascular disease, metabolic issues, things like that, diabetes. Um, but it's not a, a, a way that I would tell someone whether or not they're healthy or they're fit because um, it just doesn't make sense. It has no, it doesn't consider somebody's lean body mass at all. It's just literally your height versus your weight. Yep. 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 Makes no sense. Okay. Next one here, Dan. Obesity is about willpower, not Genetics. Who, oh. first of all, who said that? Ew. Yeah, you know what I used to hate, and and is
1: your big bone? Your big boned. My bones are the
0: exact same size as yours. Yes,
1: sure. they are. <laughs> I love when they put up X-rays. I'm sure y'all have seen. Yes, them. I've you seen somebody, that. Yeah, where <laughs> you, your bones, about, your skeleton looks exactly the same. <laughs> they're Exactly the same, folks. Okay, we'll start with that. Uh, But do genetics play a role in how you metabolize food and what your predisposition is as far as your shape? Yeah, they do. Um, And and an easiest way to look at it, which has been around forever, somatotypes, right? Uh, Ectomorph, uh, mesomorph, endomorph. Um, a really easy, you know, tried and true old methodology of kind of predictive what somebody's body's going to want to regress to or achieve in homeostasis so this is what i naturally look like so there are some folks because of their genetics that have to work a lot harder to add muscle yeah i mean they're eating all the time. They're just dumping the calories. They've got to stay active in the weight room, whatever it may be, to get bigger. And there's other folks, the endomorphs, uh, that it really is a day-in, day-out uh, battle or, or being aware of their lifestyle and their, their nutrition because they're predisposed to be bigger. However, it does not dictate what you can ultimately do. 100%.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I would agree with that. And I, I hate when people say stuff like this because they always look at the people who are bigger or who classified as obese and say, oh, you have no willpower, um, right? right? You're, you just need to work on your willpower and you'll be fine. But then you look at somebody who is an ectomorph, which is that small, lean, petite frame. Um, and they just, they have a hard time gaining weight in a lot of cases. And they, they do everything they can to gain weight in a lot of cases. But they look at that person and don't say the same thing. Oh, yeah. you just don't have willpower. Why can't you put on weight? It's not your, nobody ever says that about somebody who's an ectomorph. Nope. They only say it about the endomorphs, right? Um, so it doesn't make sense. You can't, it's not some, not all in that case. Like it, everybody's genetics will, it to some effect predetermine what we can do and what we, our limits are. Absolutely, like same thing for growing muscle, right? Everybody has a genetic limit. Can you push through that limit? Sure, there's ways to get through it, including with performance enhancing drugs, right? Am I telling you to do that? No, but there's ways to bust through that. But everybody has a limit to what their body can handle. Um, same thing, we're all predisposed to different things based on your family history, largely, which is your genetics, absolutely. Um, obesity certain diseases um, and chronic conditions are all part of that. Um, so it's not just willpower. Some of it, we all have willpower issues. Where, I don't know about you, if you're eating the Cheetos, you have a willpower issue, <laughs> right? Because like, it is what it is. Everybody has that. Um, but in some cases, it affects other, some people more than others. But yeah, it's not all willpower by any means. And I've heard it
1: said, genetics loads the gun, environment pulls the trigger. So just because you have the genetics doesn't mean that you have to fulfill those.
0: The environment,
1: oh. which would include your habits and your lifestyle, are actually going to help dictate that.
0: That's why they always say with athletes, right? Hard work beats talent when talent doesn't work hard. Amen. Right? So you can be as talented and genetically gifted as you want, but if you don't work at it and continue to improve what you're doing and seek better performance, that person who maybe doesn't have the better genetics that is busting their butt and working and doing all the things they need to do to improve their performance, they're gonna surpass you tenfold. Absolutely. Love it. Nailed it. Uh, Welcome back for another ISSA Rapid Review. Tanner had this to say about our strength and conditioning course. ISSA was great. Everything was clearly laid out, formats were easy to understand and maneuver, and questions I had were answered clearly and quickly. I gained a ton of knowledge. Awesome product. Well, you're awesome, Tanner. Thanks so much. To lose
1: weight, you simply have to move more and eat less. Move more,
0: eat less. What say you? (sighs) to some degree, I would agree with that a little bit. However, it's not for everybody, right? And we're looking for to lose weight and specifically fat loss. You're looking for a deficit, right? A calorie deficit. You're consuming fewer calories on a 24 hour basis, a daily basis um, than you are burning. Okay. And that ideal deficit is going to vary, but it's not a huge deficit. We're talking two to 300 calories for it to be sustainable and not too much of a stress on your body. Cause remember guys, heat exposure, cold exposure, lack of calories, fasting. It's a stress on your body. Okay. And your body might respond well to it immediately. Like in the first couple of days or a week or two, but after that, your body says, mm, something's not right. Okay. And then the way that our body responds to it is up in the air. Lots of different things could happen. Okay. Depending on what the situation is and what it is that you're doing. Um, but, and time is arbitrary to our bodies, by the way. So 24 hours doesn't mean anything to your like, Your heart muscles or your biceps, (laughs) your brain, maybe because there's a circadian rhythm, right? And the way we sleep and things like that. So that's why sleep is important. Having a consistent schedule is important. I'm going down a rabbit hole. However, to lose weight, you have to simply move more and eat less. Not necessarily, right? A lot of times uh, what you're eating matters, (laughs) right? If you're eating a diet of mayonnaise and butter, is my, my example that I always give to people, you could eat mayonnaise but is that going to support your goal? and is, is that going to nourish your body and your cells? Probably not. <laughs> do you even own mayonnaise, Dan? Yeah, we do actually, oh. we do, yeah. I, I don't.
1: Yeah, I don't use it very much, but uh,
0: yeah, we do. Sorry to all the mayonnaise lovers out there, it's not my jam. Yeah. <laughs> it's not my thing. What would you say to this one though? Do you have to move more and eat less to lose
1: weight? Well, I like how you, how you started your answer. Uh, yeah, to some extent, true. Mm -hmm. um that is law of thermodynamics right energy in energy out uh but i agree 100 percent. it's not just how much you're eating it's what you're eating and the extreme that that you mentioned uh this is where we get into trouble and that is uh well i'm you know one is good five must be better right and and americans we're notorious for i want more i want more i want more you know and and so so if one glass if one glass of wine is good for my heart then Two bottles ought to be even better,
0: right, Jenny? Ugh, I just did an audible eye roll when you said that. <laughs> so, so, so. like dark chocolate is good for me. It has antioxidants. Yeah. yeah. Like, stop. give me two
1: bars, sister, Ugh. and I'll eat, I'll eat those every night. Stop. So, so, uh, you know, over too much exercise uh, or under eating is like Jenny said, stress and will actually have the reverse effect. Yeah. And it's not uncommon for, for us as trainers to have a client who we have to educate, okay, we don't tell people what to do, and they we educate them to move less or eat more, and suddenly they start losing fat. And it's uh, it's one of those, like, what just happened here? So absolutely 100% agree. And I would say it can be a little bit of one. You know, it maybe you, for whatever reason, can't move more, which I'd like to hear your excuse, but- you can't move more it you could make a dent by by eating less and vice versa you could move more and continue eating exactly what you eat um which is like what i'm doing right now i'm starting to run again and uh, i'm not changing anything in my nutrition and my body fat's going down because i'm burning more calories so so it can be a little it can be both or it can be one or the other
0: yeah absolutely all right. Here's another one for you. Eating at certain times of day will impact your weight loss or weight gain. What say you?
1: Yes and no. Or Here, we are again. Here we are again. <laughs> you hesitated. Yeah. It. Well, we're back to depends, right? Yeah. Uh, we're, we're kind of back to it depends. So I think what it depends again on is what you're eating and what is your objective? What is your goal? What are you trying to attain? Because, in in theory, and not well not theory, uh, what we keep seeing as the nutrition science evolves, is the old "you need to eat every three hours" is not necessarily true at all.
0: Not nah, yeah, no,
1: and not want your
0: blood glucose to be high all the time. That's actually
1: yeah, really toxic, it, 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 and, <laughs> and that's where we started, right? And don't eat after four, don't eat after five, or whatever that time is. But you said it, Jenny. Your body doesn't know twenty four hours. It doesn't know that. So it's cumulative more than when you do it at the time of day. So I grew up, uh, what is it? Breakfast like a king, lunch like a prince, and dinner like a pauper. Pauper, Yeah, I've heard that. Right? Biggest meal of the day, and I did that for many years. Now I do the opposite. I barely eat breakfast. I hope to eat a decent lunch and ate a massive dinner. Same effect with me. And, and, and I would say and that's the, the thing, it works together. for you,
0: whereas it may not work for your son or for your yeah. friend, right? It's everybody's going to be slightly different. Um, and to me, like, what time do you go to bed, though, Dan? Like, what time do you wake up? What time do you usually go to bed? Um, I usually go to bed by 10 and I'm up by six. Okay. So that's, yeah, you're, you're shifted probably two hours in one direction from me. I get up at four. And I usually go to bed by like eight thirty nine. I have fallen asleep on the sofa with my mouth open. Um, so I'm shifted two hours in the other way. Um, but I always tell people, it's not about when you eat, it's about eating to support your activity. Food is fuel, right? Just like fish are friends, said the shark in Nemo. <laughs> Food is fuel. So if you're eating late at night, but you did all of your activity and you've been just chilling around the house since 3 p.m., what are you eating for? at eight o'clock at night, like, are you going to run a marathon while you're sleeping? Oh, congratulations, right? Are you preparing to sleepwalk? Like, I don't understand. What are you eating for? At that point, your body doesn't require anything, maybe just some water, but then you might have to get up and go potty in the middle of the night. So is that going to affect your sleep? Does that make sense? Sleep is so important. Everything that I give advice on for the most part, guys, talks about how is this going to affect your sleep, right? Um, Because at the end of the day, people underestimate their sleep. Um, and they're like, oh, I sleep just fine. I only need five hours a night. No, most people need more than that. I can get away with six hours in a night, but the average person needs their eight hours. And if you're not getting it consistently, your life is going to suck and you're going to struggle. And day after day, after day of that, your recovery, like I wear a loop and it tells me what my recovery score is. It tracks my sleep. It tells me what my ideal amount of sleep is. And I've been wearing this thing for two, some years. Um, So it's got really good data because it collects data every day. Um, but not everybody wears trackers to bed, right? Not everybody tracks their sleep or pays attention to whether or not they wake up in the middle of the night or did, you know, when I woke up and went pee, did I turn the light on, right? There's all kinds of research that tells us that when light hits your eyes, it wakes you up, it wakes your brain up, so don't turn the lights on. If you're afraid of the dark like me, (laughs) take your phone and use it as a flashlight and point it at the floor, but don't put it in your eyes, right, little things like that that you can do where if you have to get up and go potty or you have to get up and go take care of your child who's crying, avoid turning on lights so that you can easily fall back asleep and get the sleep that you need. Um, But anyway, I digress talking about something different, but it does have something to do with weight loss because if you don't sleep well, your body's not going to do the things that it's a stress. Your body's not going to do the things that it needs to do in order to encourage weight loss. It's going to hold on to that weight because it says, yo, something's not right. Um, But eating should surround your activity. So if you're, I'm most active from 5 a.m., Dan, I was at the gym this morning at 5 a.m. with my face pressed against the glass, waiting for them to open the door. Like, open, 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 open. I was like, hello, 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 (laughs) hello. And they always have a question of the day on the counter. It was today, it was, what was the first state in the U.S.? And I believe it's Virginia. I don't know. uh, I did not answer it there.
1: Oh yeah. I'm going to stay in my lane, Jenny.
0: (laughs) (laughs) But like, so I start working out at 5.00 AM, which means I get up at four because you know what? I have two dogs, two giant dogs that I have to go walk every morning. I need to eat my breakfast, take my supplements, get some water. And then allow my food to settle a little bit before I start working out. So yeah, it takes me an hour to do all that stuff. And then to drive the 15 minutes to the gym because I drive past 10 gyms to go to the one that I go to. (laughs) I'm that person. Um, But by the end of the day, I coach volleyball which is usually done by five, 6 PM. And then I come home and I chillax and I relax and I read and I walk my dogs lightly and just sit around clean, whatever but I'm not doing anything of substance. So typically I don't eat after volleyball. on any given day or after about 4 or 5 p.m. because I'm not doing anything, but I eat to support my activity and that's the way it should be. Would you agree with that? I do, I do. The only caveat I'd say is the old earn your carbs, earn your starches
1: is you're refueling. So we want to remember that we have wiggle room when we're refueling what we've uh, depleted. So example, I did uh, a five mile run yesterday that was broken up with some uh, intervals running up and down a levee. Mm-hmm. So I told mama before I left, I said, I'm going to go do some, some intervals today. Can we add a baked potato uh, to dinner tonight? Yes. Because I'm replenishing. So it's not eating the potato before I run. I'm just replenishing my glycogen store. So I had room to consume more. So activity doesn't have to be after you eat. It can be refueling. You can drive 500 miles in your car and then fill up your tank. And now you're driving your car 500 miles on a full tank, but either way, you've got to put fuel in the tank or you're not going to make those 500 miles. So yeah. just make sure that it supports your activity and then be aware that if you didn't burn those calories, you can't you can't have three quarters of a tank of gas and add another 20 gallons to it. Right? Now because you're going to get fat. You're going to gain fat. So, so you have to, it has to be revolving around activity. And by the way, Jenny, nightlight sister, nightlights.
0: Ah, My whole house is lit
1: up with non-blue light emitting nightlights. We don't turn anything. Maybe I'll
0: look into that. And by the way, I stand corrected. Virginia was not the first U.S. state. I'm apparently an idiot. It was Delaware. I just Googled it. I know I would have lost at the gym. It's fun though. They always have like random U.S. trivia. Um, So to those of you out there who are screaming at your speakers right now, just being like, you're not right. That's not right. (laughs) You are correct. Delaware was the first U.S. state. Hawaii was the last one. I stand corrected. My Uh, Um, bad. But yeah. Um, And guys, this may seem like something that you're like, some of you guys are probably yelling at your speaker again, saying like, what are you guys talking about? This is so simple. It's, it's more complex than that. A hundred percent. It is more complex than that. Um, However, You have to remember that the average client that's going to come to us looking for weight loss advice or fat loss advice is going to need to start simple. (laughs) We can't just dive into, oh, we're tracking your macros. We're going to get you to this, this, and this, and be super, super specific, even though in our head and the way that we might do things is super, super specific and really, really tedious, right? The average person, though, is not going to spend the time doing the stuff that we do, right? Um, So I always look at, like, successful bodybuilders, right? And I'm not talking, like... This is not a conversation about performance enhancing drugs. Let's not take it there. However, bodybuilders in general have to have a certain level of discipline. Powerlifters have to have a certain level of discipline, right? Anybody who plays a sport at a high level has to have a certain level of discipline to do what they do. The average person can't do what you do. Why? Because they don't do the things that you do and they're probably not going to, right? Just be realistic about it. Um, so sometimes we have to start super, super high level. make sure that John or Susie or whoever you're working with can actually do that thing and do it consistently, like I talked about earlier, with willpower and obesity. Um, can they do it consistently? Are they, you know, you're good with this? All right, we've got this down. Now we can start digging a little deeper. Get out your shovel. Let's start digging one layer at a time, one layer at a time, okay? Um and to make sustainable changes. But then you'll also reach a point, guys with every client, and it's gonna be a different point where, You get to the level of depth that's perfect for them, right? Say you get down to tracking macros or having them track each meal now, not just about when they eat, but what are you eating now? Let's start tracking your meals, but maybe they're not tracking the amounts. They're just kind of writing stuff down generally. Maybe that's as far as that person can go and actually sustainably do it awesome. Stay there with them. And then you might help those people like me and John or me and Dan or uh, me and like Ethan or some of the other people that work here that are like, yeah, let's go deeper. I want to look at macros. Now let's look at micronutrition. I want to make sure I'm getting enough calcium of my life. Cool. If you want to go that deep, let's do that. But not every person out there is going to want to go that deep. And we have to remember that we have to take ourselves out of any kind of coaching that we do in general and in fitness. Um, it has to be what's best for this person sitting in front of you. And to Dan's point, what is sustainable for them? So I just put that down a whole nother, sorry, I got, I got excited. <laughs> it's all relevant, Jenny. It's all relevant. True. I, and, and,
1: I, and for the listeners out there, I'm speaking for myself, what we're talking about today, I probably bought into most of those at some point oh, early in my career. So it's not about us you know, being here saying, come on, silly. Don't you know this? It's like, trust me. We've been there and we yeah. did it. It's about evolving, it. learning. So, I mean, I, that's how I learned just about everything is through mistakes. Yeah. Uh, so like Jenny said, look it time. Up.
0: Yeah, trial and error. Trial and error. Look it up, do your research, find out more, but try it. If it doesn't work, give it three or so weeks to work. If it doesn't work, try something different, um, right? And make small changes, not overhauls. So change one or two things, see how that works. Change one or two more things. If these things are working, keep doing them. If they're not working, stop doing them. Right? Um, I have another one here for you, Dan. Yeah. Uh, you can target fat in specific areas of your body as far as losing it. <sighs> no. Hey, that was decisive. Next. <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, it's sad, it's sad. It actually is, it's a real bummer. Um,
0: so we were talking about genetics earlier. That has a large part to do with where your body loses and holds fat, right? Yeah, yeah. There's and differences and- for that. There's hormonal differences um all kinds of things but as far as losing it like your body will decide where it wants to lose body fat from first and last yeah
1: yeah and it's like what we always say the magic pill right well if we could have a magic pill that reduced fat where you wanted to reduce fat that'd be two things that are absolutely impossible combined it just doesn't work that way and it's sad um two things. Number one, uh, we want, it it would be great if we could, right? If somebody could come in here, come to us and say, this is where I want to focus. Gosh, it'd be great to say, all right, we're going to write a program so that you can lose that, that extra body fat around whatever your belt line or your chest or wherever you carry it, your thighs Mm -hmm. Uh, doesn't work. Um, And the other thing is what really gets me is marketing Jenny, because you just watch television and there's a gadget out there all there you'll always find a gadget whether you wrap it around your waist or you stick electricity on your body who the heck knows that's going to help you lose fat in an area and folks it doesn't work that way
0: yeah there's gadgets for everything now i have client i have a couple clients that i've had for a long time that randomly every three months or so like clockwork will text me and be like what about this and send me a link to (laughs) something And I look at it, and I'm like, stop it. Where did you even hear it? What is this? <laughs> and I just have to, I don't, I don't say that to them. I just say it out loud in my car when I read that, when I get my message, but um, it's about educating them. Like, what is this? Let's look at more into this. I'll help you do some research or here's some research that talks about whatever this device says it does. Um, it, do you think this is going to support your goals? Right. Um, and he's a, uh, my one client that does it the most, like makes good money. So he can afford pretty much anything. Like even if it's a couple thousand dollars, that's like a, drop in the bucket for him. So it doesn't matter Whereas some people are looking for the cheapest route to get something done or the fastest way to get something done. And a lot of time weight loss, fat loss guys takes time. Um, And it's not gonna be necessarily quick especially if you have a lot to lose. Um, So it's about being patient. I lost 60 pounds in six months and that was relatively fast but I was crazy consistent with my diet at the time. This was 13 years ago. Um, and I also saw a trainer three days a week and he held me accountable. (laughs) So, I mean, it took a while and it took a little trial and error for me too, but, um, it takes time to get it. Knowing,
1: knowing what I know now and what, you know, 60 pounds in six weeks or uh, six, was it six months? Six months. Yeah. Um, is, I would say like, what is the perfect adherence and discipline and program and maximum amount of weight I can lose safely? Um, That's it. You nailed it. That's quite an accomplishment. I did it. Yeah, that is my life. Yeah, that is quite an accomplishment. And and if you all know Jenny, uh, she did it right. It's not like, because you can lose
0: 60 pounds in six months
1: and be very unhealthy.
0: Um, Yeah, oh, for sure. No problem. No, I changed a lot about what I did. I literally, I remember it like it was yesterday. I went into my pantry, my trainer at the time I paid him. I was like in my twenties and I used my credit card because I didn't have $3,000 to pay for six months of training, but I really wanted to do it because I was tired of, like you said, all the diets and all the things that I had tried. The last one I had tried right before I started this in December of 2008, what, or 19, no, it was 2008. Yeah. Um, was, um, the cookie diet where you literally eat those little nasty tasting cookies all the time. Oh my God. So I was like, I'm over this. I want to get this sustainable. I want to do this right. And I want it to work. So I hired my trainer, put it on my credit card. And I remember he told me, go into your pantry and throw away everything that's in there. And we're going to, he took me to the grocery store and he helped me make better. Cho- he didn't tell me what to buy. He helped me make better choices. Um, and so I had two giant like outdoor trash bags, those big black ones of food that I threw away. I was like crying the whole time. Cause I was like, I'm pretty sure I just bought all, all this stuff, threw it all away and started fresh, um, but it was, it was painstaking, but it was consistent. And like, I learned to like foods that I never thought I would like, like cottage cheese with pineapples in it. Delicious. Oh um, gosh. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. That used oh, to be hey. one of my favorite snacks and like cooking meat and like making my own meals at home. And I used to own a business, a dog daycare at the time. Yes. I owned a dog daycare and it was legit. And it was so much fun. It's called camp Bow Wow, um, And uh, I don't have anymore by the way, if anybody's wondering, um, but I used to take my lunch to work with me. That was something I never used to do. I used to just go eat out at the little bagels and Bialy's place or, you know, the pizza hut that was across the way. Um, but it's possible to make your own lunches and like just small changes like that made a big difference for me. I was able to control more of what I was eating. Um, so takeaways, maybe on get another, another podcast episode. We could talk about my weight loss journey, but yeah,
1: I think that would be awesome. And takeaways for the listeners, two things Jenny said that I'm going to, I'm going to reinforce a, if you're, if you're, you're ready to make changes. Now this is We said small things, small habits. Uh, This isn't a big change. And that is clear the pantry Mm
0: -hmm.
1: or whatever you call it in your house. Uh, And B, make a shopping list and stick to it.
0: Yep. Don't shop hungry. Stick with your list? Oh, I'm terrible about shopping hungry. <laughs> you know what I call my pantry, Dan? You know what I call? I have two pantries. Don't judge me, guys. It's really a laundry room. Like, I have my regular pantry, and then we have a closet in our laundry room, which I call the bomb shelter, because um, <laughs> that's where, when we go to Costco and buy things in bulk, like tissue or whatever, yeah. it all goes into the bomb shelter, um, so it looks like a bomb shelter when you open it, because there's, like, giant packages of things, um, and then in the regular pantry is where all the normal size stuff goes, um, but essentially, the bomb shelter has become my pantry, so, like, I'm cutting for a bodybuilding show right now so all my protein powder my uh, rice cakes my green beans my rice wow. that's pre-made in the little containers like all my food is back there mostly because my fiance has realized that he actually kind of likes the food that i eat and he'll eat it and not tell me and then i there's nothing worse than going no. into the pantry or to the refrigerator looking for something that you know was there yep. and it is has gone yep. if my fiance comes up missing y'all it's because he ate my food <laughs> <laughs>
1: Oh my called man. evidence, Jenny. That's called evidence. Yeah,
0: I know. I just told everybody <laughs> how he's going to die. Um, <laughs> well, I'll tell you, he's afraid of heights and he doesn't like hiking. So if he happens to die hiking, I'm just saying.
1: Yeah, uh, <laughs> this
0: is a known fact about me. I've already plotted his demise. Just kidding. I love him. We're getting married next year.
1: <laughs> but this was fun, Dan. Yeah, I, it's nothing like myth busting. There's nothing like talking through these. And like I said earlier, um, I believed everything. And 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 some was right, some was partially right, right and some it was absolutely wrong. Yeah. So you know, do your research. Don't just trust Jenny and I. Um, look it up and, and find the science behind everything we talked about. I think you're going to be. You're, I, I know you're going to find alignment there, but but you know, be be make sure you're sifting that information, mm-hmm. uh, especially when you're getting it from sources that are outside the actual professional fitness industry, backed by science like ISSA.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And my biggest piece of advice for everybody when it comes to this stuff, guys, when people come up to you and say things like this and you know it's not right, um, or there's more that they need to know, don't judge them, right? Don't fly off the cuff and tell them they're dumb or that that's stupid, blah, blah, blah. Because that makes people feel some kind of way. If you had a belief in something and you said it to somebody and they told you how stupid you were for it, you'd feel some kind of way too, right? But instead of telling them that they're wrong, Ask more questions. Where'd you learn about this? What do you know about it? Let's talk about it. Educate them, right? And if you don't know anything about it, learn more about it and then educate them and then let them ultimately make the choice because intrinsic motivation is far more powerful than extrinsic motivation, meaning it needs to come from them. They need to make a decision based on the information that you can present to them to help them make a better choice. It needs to be their choice if it's going to be anything that they can even remotely keep sustainable. Okay. So always remember that that's just the power of the human mind. If somebody tells you to do something, I don't know about you, Dan, I'd be like, mm, no, I'm not nope. doing it. That's because you nope. told me to do it. I'm not do it. <laughs> nope. Right? But if it's my idea, then absolutely. Oh, this is the greatest idea ever. It's my idea. That's right. That. <laughs> that's right. Great idea, Jenny. Glad right? you thought of that. I think you. Oh, motivational interviewing. Yeah. <laughs> yes, absolutely. A little psychology thrown in there. Awesome. Well, this has been fun, guys. Any last words for everyone outside of what we've already said, Dan? Make good choices, Jenny. Oh, you beat me to it today. <laughs> I'll give you that one. I'll give you that one just for today. Fair enough. You heard it first, guys. <laughs> it's been fun. We'll be talking to you later.